When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Ben King to talk about all the stuff that happened this summer and then also SEC media days. Ben, how have you been? Let's get these people caught up on Auburn football. Man, I have uh I've been good and very busy. And it's weird because last time we talked it was right around A Day. Yeah. And all of a sudden here we are, what, forty something days away from Auburn football kickoff. And uh it, usually and I, I feel like I I can tell I'm getting older, right? Because usually it's an eternity between those two <laughs> events. And it's just kind of flown by for me this year. And now it's kind of like a pleasant surprise. Like, it's right around the corner. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm getting excited, man. How about you? Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Maybe we're just getting older. It pretty much caught up to me when I was uh, calculating. We only have seven more Saturdays. And it was like a week or two ago that we only have seven Saturdays until we actually get to see Auburn football in an actual football game, not just spring practice. Um, or talking about uh, football. We're actually going to see football. Uh, it's going to be all over TVs uh, around the nation. And that, that's exciting. Um, I, I always love the actual event. Um, and this kind of gets me hyped up to uh, what's going to happen in the next uh, few weeks, um, which is going to be hard-hitting football. Uh Ben, there's been a, a lot of little pieces of news that have come out over the last uh, couple months since we've uh, last talked. Um, one of them, which was probably the most unfortunate, uh, was the Rod Bramblett death. Um, and uh, if you want to, we're not going to go into it, uh, but if you want to go hear our thoughts, we did a tribute show. Um, ben did a, a little bit. I also did uh, my little snippet on uh, Rod Bramblett. Uh, as well as uh, some other Auburn family members. Um, So we've got that up on our uh, podcast that you can go listen to. Um, Then we also had uh, Stephen Leith. So Stephen Leith uh, left Auburn. (laughs) So that was, uh, I mean, not, I'm not going to say unexpected, um, but I mean, it it seemed like he's only been here for a couple of years. I mean, I honestly thought he was going to be around for a little bit longer, but I guess things just weren't jiving well. And uh, he decided to step away. But at the same time, probably the part that like makes me mad and makes others mad is he he had a salary at Auburn of six hundred thousand a year for president. Uh, not that wasn't I mean like I, he's doing a lot of work. Um, but the fact that now that he's not at Auburn as president, he's now going to get paid one point five million dollars each year for the next three years that's probably the part that makes me 
the most mad. <laughs> ben, what did you think when you heard about the news about Stephen Leaf? Uh, not my president. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing that I mean, back. J- Jay Goosh was the, the man that signed my, uh, or had a stamp of a signature <laughs> on my diploma. So, uh, Stephen Leaf, I I saw him around the stadium a couple times. I don't really know how much he was doing and how involved he was. And maybe that was probably part of the reason why the the part happened. And, yeah, maybe. Uh, besides the fact that there's just a, a ton of great uh, administrators underneath him, uh, I I think it's probably going to be for the better. So the the paying him, I mean, I think we're probably still paying tubs at this point. <laughs> so I don't really care. So however they want, you know, there's donors out there that they get to make calls and give more money and that gets spent on either building another building or paying off one of these high coaches or administrators. So it's all good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess my dream is to one day work for Auburn and get fired so I can sit at home and <laughs> rake in the cash. But until then, uh, you know where I am, Auburn. <laughs> oh, man, that would be uh, the dream job to get fired from. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I mean, it's just very interesting that Stephen Leaf, I feel like even from the very get-go, was never in completely good standing with Auburn fans. Uh, it just felt like he wasn't the right person for the job. I mean, did uh, we ever get to know him? No. I think that was the biggest problem. I don't think so. And he he didn't seem to fit, at least from my, my outside perspective, never met the guy, but he never seemed to fit what we think of as an Auburn man. And I feel like that's what we value in coaching and administration. Um, I mean, that's why we loved Jay Goosh. Um, he just fit the Auburn persona. Um, I, I just felt like he never got around to that. Um, as much as he, I'm sure, tried, we didn't really get to see him uh, out there being around the people and like doing that. Um, he also, if you remember back, and this, let's tie this back to football, he got critiqued very highly for the deal that he made with Gus Malzahn, uh, giving him that insane buyout. Uh, And I mean, he was the guy who did it. It wasn't uh, our athletic director. It was Stephen Leaf. Um, So I don't know. I just felt like there were too many things against him. Uh, And at some point, I knew something was going to happen where he'd he'd probably get fired or I don't know what he, what the technical term is for here. Um, but leave Auburn as president. Well, I'll tell you something I did, uh, during the break, uh, Caroline and I went down to Auburn for our anniversary because we got married on Sanford lawn. Yeah. And, uh, Canukins was going out of business. So we went in there and they had like a 70% off sale or whatever. And I bought myself a in Gus, we trust t-shirt. What? Because, baby, it's this year. <laughs> and Gus Malzahn, being the head coach and offensive coordinator, I have my In Gus We Trust shirt. So uh, That's awesome. I'm I'm back on the Gus bus, baby. Boy, well, Will's were you ever off it? No. Okay, I was about to say. Like... <laughs> but but I'm just saying, like, a lot of people were. So yeah. uh, re- regardless of what, you know, Stephen Leaf did with the ridiculous buyout for Gus, uh, I'd I think it's uh, gonna pay off this year at least, so it should be okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's let's continue the talk about Gus Malzahn. Uh, so the big talk is he's he's 
going to be play calling again. It's exciting. Um, over the last three years, uh, I think dating back even to Rhett Lashley in his final year at Auburn as offensive coordinator under Gus, uh, Rhett took over, and then the last couple of years have been Chip Lindsey. One of those years was great, and that was under Chip Lindsey his first year. Uh, that was when uh, 2017 we had Jarrett Stidham just go off, um, make it to the SEC championship game. Uh, we were, if we had won that SEC championship game, we would have made it to the playoffs. Uh, we were explosive on offense. Um, and, and at the time, I mean, Ben, Ben, you and I even back in 2016, when this was announced that Gus is giving up play calling, I feel like we were okay with it. I mean, we loved Gus as a coach, um, but we were thinking it might be just be about time for him to take a step back. Um, what were your, what's your thoughts on it now that he's taking, uh, the reins back, um, and then reflecting back on the last three years of him not being, uh, part of the offensive play calling, or, I mean, he's always been a part of it, but the actual play calling. Yeah. Well, there was that, that one year where he had like the three quarterback system where we like would <laughs> bring people in for certain packages. Oh, man. And I was like, what are you doing guys? <laughs> like you've way overthought this. Uh... You need to get some type of, you know, one quarterback system where you get some momentum and drive us down the field yeah. instead of a one quarterback per play type deal. Yeah. And so when that was happening, I was all for the, you know, give up the position, maybe sit back and learn a little bit Yeah. because you're, you're way into your own madness at this point. And you know, everyone likes to smell their own farts, but you know, sometimes <laughs> you need to, you need to sit back and, uh, and let someone else take charge. So yeah. <laughs> that I think is what happened. And I think Gus has probably learned from that. Yeah. So, and I think, uh, I mean, you can tell he's learned from his mistakes. I mean, he was very, one thing that I do appreciate <laughs> about Gus during sec media days was he was, about as transparent as I've seen him be. Um, he he seemed to be telling, almost giving you a little glimpse into what's going on, um, especially three years ago when he gave up offensive play calling. He said, I was getting some good advice uh, to step away from play calling and give it up to my offensive coordinator at the time. And uh, that obviously didn't but work out perfectly. Did he ever fully give it up, though? I think that was part of the problem. <sighs> Maybe. Maybe. Was he... I think there was still some interference there, and that's well, why it it just didn't make sense. Some well, of the play calls. If you were if you were a guy who's been coaching football for almost thirty years, and your thing is calling plays, how hard would it be to give up that? I'm sure very very difficult, and that's why it didn't really work out that well. However, I think based on maybe the poll game alone, and that that is a very limited supply of data. However. Seeing where we were during the regular season last year and just the next level that Gus took it to in the bowl game gives me a lot of hope for this year because he was able to pull back from the ridiculousness that he's done in the past and just play a very well-coached game. And we hit on all cylinders, and it was Every the first time one. the entire season. It felt like a 10-cylinder ten car. Or ten car. <laughs> like, yeah. You're looking at this thing. You're used to like a six, seven, eight, or a six or eight cylinder kind of like high power offense that you've seen like from even back in 2013. But you're looking at this and saying, "What? <laughs> we were on pace to score over a hundred points that game against Absolutely. Purdue." <laughs> and if we hadn't pulled off and uh, put it in neutral and just coasted the rest of the way, then we would have. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And Purdue was not a bad team. They beat the crap out of Ohio State. Yeah. 
Uh, we were right on the cusp of getting into the playoffs. So the, the sky is the limit for a Gus Malzahn coached offense. And I think that as long as he can stay out of his own way, bringing him back to take that over is going to be incredibly successful for us this year. Yeah, no, I agree because there's, there was definitely some, I like the term that you use interference that I feel like Chip Lindsay in a way did, especially in 2018. Um, there were some issues of what are we going to actually do? And uh, Gus and Chip would, it, it may not have seen it, but there was definitely some oh, uh, disagreements. I, you could with see how... it on TV. <laughs> Chip Lindsay was throwing his hands up in the air and yelling and stuff. And... Man. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see him back and uh, I fully expect it to be back to what, what we're, what we've seen in the past run the ball down their throats, have a mobile quarterback, which I thought was interesting. Gus would say that. Um, not that it it's anything groundbreaking, but he wants to make sure that it's another player that the defense always has to account for, which makes it harder for the defense to cover them. Uh, and then also have a deep ball threat. And that's just a cornerstone of Gus's offense. You know, lull them to sleep, run, 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 dump it deep. And uh, that's that's the beauty of Gus's offense. And uh, a lot of times we get the defensive backs uh, sleeping on them. Yeah, well, regardless of who plays quarterback, we've got mobile talent back there. Yeah. Whether it's Gatewood or Knicks, both of them are mobile quarterbacks, and they fit the Gus Malzahn system of either a 2010 or 2013 offense, whichever yeah, one we're going to see. I mean, the, the cards are all aligned with, the defense that we have currently, with the offensive line that we have, with the receiving core that we have, with the quarterback talent we have. Running back, Booby is fantastic. We'll see who feels like the one-two punch there. I, we're just so aligned with if Gus can take this thing and run it like we've seen him do it in the past, the intelligent way. Man, it could be an incredible, incredible Auburn football season. Yeah, and, and like you said, the pieces are all there. And that makes it all the more special. He has all the players around. The big question mark is the quarterback. He's got everybody else around them. We have great wide receivers. He's got great running backs. Um, how is he going to use the running backs? I still like that. We can discuss that later. Um, and that may be determined later on. But then you have offensive line. You have five seniors, five returning seniors. Um, that had a lot of time playing together last season. Uh, and that's going to make the confidence of whoever steps under center so much more uh, that raise that level of confidence. Um, one thing that, so I was just starting to think, okay, so we've got Joey Gatewood, he's a redshirt freshman. Uh, and then we've got Bo Nix, a true freshman. Um, so I started to think, who have we ever had? And if, if we have, who has been a true freshman? Uh, quarterback and uh just looking back and uh, correct me if i'm wrong uh tweet me at ajayjay underscore on twitter if i'm wrong but i looked up the most recent ones so in 1985 we had one uh bobby walden uh and then we also had uh stan white back in 1990 um but other than those i don't think we've really had a true freshman um that has stepped in and played at quarterback so I think that's a pretty big step that we might potentially have 
Bo Nix as our starting quarterback this year. Um, even not, if not, it's going to be Joey Gatewood. Um, and he's a redshirt freshman that's got a ton of talent. Um, and I'm glad to see that his uh, arm ability has definitely increased um, since probably the last A-Day that we saw of him, which was very underperformed than what we were expecting out of Joey Gatewood. Um, so that's exciting. Um, another side note. Uh, so there was a, uh, it was announced that uh, over this past summer, it's not anything breaking news or anything, but we're going to have a whiteout game. And uh, it's announced for our very first home game <laughs> uh, against Tulane. Uh, and then it just made me start to think, <laughs> have we ever had a whiteout game? Can you think of one? For football, I, at least. You know, I heard about this, and I was trying to remember when we did something like this. I could have sworn there was, but now that I think about it, I know we had like the all Auburn and the true blue days. Yeah. I can't remember a whiteout for whatever reason. Yeah. And I, that's, I, I remember them for basketball because they yeah. would hand out white t-shirts for basketball, but I just can't recall if we've done anything I, like that before for football. I feel like there was one when I was in school, but I, I can't remember, man. Yeah. And it's, it's weird. Cause I guess, you know, I went to a handful of sporting events and other things besides football games. So maybe it was one of those. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah. Tulane of all places. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to the game, so that sounds cool. Yeah. But Tulane? Yeah. I, I don't know why we chose Tulane. And, and then it starts to make me think, well, we're playing Tulane. Is it going to be a trap game? Like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about well, this. We're going to be coming off playing Oregon. So yeah. it, maybe there's a lull right after that huge maybe. matchup, but... I mean, Oregon with game day going to be there and everything. What a way to start the season. Man. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. That's that's the, probably in the last, and probably under Gus's era, probably one of the top season openers that he's ever had. Oh, for sure. I mean, besides maybe the Clemson one. The last time we ago. matched up, it was for a title, yep. for the national title in 2010. So, yep. And that was uh, Gus Mall's uncoached offense once mm-hmm. again. So we'll kind of see what happens there. I mean, that, gosh, what a what an awesome, awesome start of the season this year. I almost yeah. wish I could make it out there, but I'm not driving to Texas. So, uh, you Auburn faithful, please hold it down for us. Yeah, I think Kyle's going out, Kyle Loomis, uh, and then I've heard other people. I think even my parents are going out there. So I know nice. there's going to be some good Auburn faithful people out there uh, representing. Uh, let's talk about NCAA football, the video game. Ben? Yeah? Did you hear the news? No. Okay. So I literally bought the last one they ever made last <laughs> year. Because I was like, this is never coming back, and I I've got to have this game. What it, I know. How did I miss this? Go. Uh, okay, go on. So you better not be lying official. to me. Nothing's official. Okay. But the NCAA is working on our... They have a group that's considering some of the rules that the NCAA has created. Um, it's around college athletes. Okay. Uh, and there's talk about the athletes possibly being compensated for the use of their what? names, images, and likenesses. Oh my gosh. When how did I miss this? I don't know. When did this happen? When did the news uh, come? Uh probably like a couple months ago. I just my, remember noting I've it. been if... under a rock. <laughs> this is I all right, so I know there was talks about stuff like this and there's been here yeah. and there, but I haven't heard anything like official. Yeah. So, uh, well, golly, yeah, I would I mean, love to have that game back. I know. I mean, I I could 
see it, but at the same time, it's the NCAA. They're not going to like move super quick on this and make a change saying we're we're going to allow a video game to be made. But I think it, it was more because it was right after I feel like ESPN and all other uh, I don't know, different, net, different networks were capitalizing off of Zion Williamson. And <laughs> I mean, think about it. They were they were pushing Zion Williamson. Oh, yeah. And I'm just thinking, Zion doesn't get a penny from all of this marketing. Oh, he... Well, it's coming. Well, yeah, he'll He's, get it. He was, he'll get it. Yeah. Um, But I'm just thinking, they're, they're probably ahead of time thinking, man, like, all right, well, Zion's not getting paid right now, but, like, I don't know. It just seems weird. So I mm. think that was, like, the initiative for it. Uh, But anyway, so I don't... Uh, we'll see. I mean, it could be in a couple years. It could be five years. It could be ten years, but hopefully down the road it'll happen yeah now that'd be fantastic i mean it, one thing the amount of money that's made from these athletes is astronomical and the fact that they don't get anything from it at all besides a full ride scholarship which is nothing to is nothing to uh to joke about or you know yeah. not to dis to discredit yeah that's that's huge and for a lot of these college athletes that's all they get at the end so mm-hmm. they have a degree, and then they could get, do something with it. However, for the ones that make it to the next level, the amount of money that they make from college, which is nothing, to the millions of dollars they make at a pro athlete level, yeah, giving some of that ahead of time for the likeness of a player, and even the ones that aren't, you know, working full time uh, on a any type of athletic team is like a full-time job while you're going to school full-time. Yep. And I'll tell you, I didn't even do that. I had two part-time jobs, and I worked for school full-time at uh, about 19 credit hours a year. <laughs> or a, a, a quarter. Yeah. So I took the full I took the full load because I was paying for it no matter what. And <laughs> I knew Auburn was going to just spend that money on Tommy Tuberville. So I was like, whatever, <laughs> I need to make this count. And so I uh, I I worked the jobs. And, but I didn't, I wasn't like a student athlete who, if you, if they want some spending money, they have to do some other type of job too. On top of that, when do they sleep, man? When do they study? When do they sleep? So I'm all for, uh, being able to make some way to monetize the, the job of playing football in college or any type of other athletic thing. You know, know, war horses, those girls killing it out there, winning national titles. What do Mm -hmm. they get for it? you know, blue ribbon. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be great. I'm, I'm all for this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see it and, uh, maybe they can come up with some sort of way to compensate some of these players, um, in a legal way. Uh, let's change topics just a little bit. Um, so the rule about alcohol in stadiums, at least in sec football stadiums has up until this year been banned. Uh, this year, the SEC said, hey, we, we will give the schools the ability to choose if they want to allow alcohol in their stadiums. Uh, at the time, President Leaf, uh, he said, we'll consider it, but there was no uh, official decision on what we would do uh, or what we would do after this year. So he said nothing for this year, uh, but maybe later down the road, it would definitely take some serious talks to get um, into it, Ben. I want to hear your thoughts on uh, on alcohol and and what it would do for football. Mm. I have 
I have so many thoughts on this. Okay. <laughs> Gosh, we're we're not supposed to go for an hour on this podcast. Um, <laughs> we could we could literally do one just on this. However, uh, a couple of things. One, I know at one point in time we had the option to close in the south end zone. I believe mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Uh, if we were going to sell one particular type of alcohol in the stadium, uh, which I was all fine for because I would love to have more of a bowl like stadium at this point uh, mm-hmm. i think it's been a long time coming and should have already happened but that's neither here nor there however you know some type of sponsorship like that i i think would have been really beneficial uh when it comes to the rowdiness of fans uh i think auburn fans are some of the better behaved fans however you get them drunk and things probably won't go so well uh i know a lot of the you know, pre-gaming occurs, and so people are usually already plastered by the time they actually get into the stadium. <laughs> so I don't know how much that would actually change. Yeah, it probably uh, wouldn't. I think that, uh, you know, the students are still sneaking stuff in right now. Uh, I, I'm sure the revenue would be great if I look at it from a business side. Yeah, if you're looking from a business side, it's gold. Uh, a health side, like, a lot of these games are really hot, man. And if we want to talk about students passing out, being dehydrated, let's throw some alcohol into the mix uh, that is at least able to be purchased within the stadium and see what happens. Uh, however, I mean, in the state of Alabama, you still can't buy an alcoholic beverage before noon on a Sunday. So, or at least I, I believe that's the case. Yeah, that, that's what it was when I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I worked at Walmart and I had to tell people, I'm sorry, buddy, you need to wait 30 minutes. Come back and see me. <laughs> uh, so... With, with with all that said, uh, I don't think the fact that we don't sell it right now is a deterrent of fans who want to have that as part of their Saturday tradition to miss out on it. So I think as far as a business perspective, and that's how I'm going to take it, and a potential expansion of the stadium perspective, I think it would be a lucrative idea that makes sense. And a lot of people, you know, if you go to any pro game, completely available and most fans at pro games hopefully uh drink responsibly right yeah so i mean for uh, the most part yeah i mean that's that's kind of the assumption like we'd create an nfl type experience for college because it's obvious people like to drink around football and they'll either sneak it in or they'll do the we're gonna chug as much alcohol right before we go into the stadium so that we still feel the effects inside the game or inside the stadium. So how do the box seats get away with serving alcoholic That's beverages? Part I don't know. Maybe it's some loophole. They give so much money and the, they're able to do that. I, I really don't know. Is it because they don't charge? It's just like they, they don't charge it. It's just like giving away? Yeah. As far as I'm, I understand. So it's kind of just like brought in and like given away type deal yeah. versus being sold. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like you, you pretty much encompassed all of it and even like the the pro and, and the con for it because there's – I've heard both sides. Um, and I want to – I want to hear out how the university uh, does things because at least in the interim, I, I know they're not going to make any uh, changes with Jay Goose as the interim president, uh, but – Later down the road, once we get the new president, that's probably going to be a pretty hot topic um, to see what the president actually has to say about it. Um, one of the things that I think would be hilarious, and this is totally a joke, but I think it would be great if we did, because think about how awesome drunk Obby would be. 
<laughs> like he would he'd be, be a drunk, drunk hobby. He'd be so drunk. Like we would need to create a separate handle for him. The at very drunk Aubby. <laughs> like something like that. If uh, we allowed uh, is, alcohol in our stadium. Is there a at very drunk Aubby? I don't know. Take it. Oh, Take man. it. <laughs> I'm going to look that up. Do it right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, SEC Media Days. Um, so SEC Media Days, uh, from the time we recorded this, was uh, happened last week. Uh, it, it's kind of like this, all right, everybody comes here, let's talk about your team. Um, I always think it's kind of interesting just to hear uh, what questions are asked, especially from people uh, that are not following your team exactly, uh, like our Auburn beat writers do every single day. Uh, so it's always kind of interesting to hear questions that they uh, they have for our team. Uh, so we ended up bringing for this, uh, we had Derek Brown, uh, Prince Tega, Winogo, uh, and Marlon Davidson. Uh, all three of them linemen. Uh, and I think that's pretty telling of where Gus views our strengths. Um, offensive linemen and defensive linemen are going to be a strength. Um, there were a few things that came up from this. Uh that I really, really liked Gus, very transparent, pretty much telling everybody how it's going to be, uh, his thinking behind some things. Um, but then he was also, uh, I feel like pretty confident. Like, it, it, I don't know if it came off and, uh, what was broadcast, but it sure seemed like he was very confident. There wasn't a shadow of doubt, it, at least to me that, he didn't know what he was getting himself into the, for this next year, which is a big deal considering people still have him on the hot seat. Ben, do you still have Gus on the hot seat um, in this season? And if so, like, why is he on the hot seat? I mean, is there a coach that's not on the hot seat year after year? Uh, mm-hmm. I think Nick Saban drops a few games and people start calling for his head, <laughs> which is which is ridiculous, right? Yeah. So the the matter of is the seat as hot as it could be it's it's not i still think that there's a lot of people that don't like us and uh are almost demanding a 10 win season or else and that's kind of the feel that i have a large population is at and we've shown in the past we're not afraid to pay someone millions of dollars to walk away yeah like we are doing right now with our our uh old president so yeah with with that said though gus has done something with auburn that hadn't been done a long time when he came in and uh, as an offensive coordinator won a national title game and then his first year back took us to the last bcs national title game Mm -hmm. i love tommy tuberville but even with the perfect season in 2004 that didn't happen yep uh gus is one of the last coaches to beat Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. And he's run a very decent program. Have we been excellent every year? No. But I don't know if we ever will be that at Auburn. And I think we kind of need to know our place. And every few years, we should be able to see greatness. Absolutely. This year, I think, maybe one of those expectations. I, th- I know last year was, with Jarrett Stedham being his senior year. However, the puzzle pieces weren't all there. Yeah. This year they kind of are. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's really no missing pieces, which is weird, and it's nice. It's nice to have the fact that all of them are there. It's just putting them together. And I I know that 
whether the seed is hot or not, it's it's always hot. <laughs> and if we don't have a really successful season this year, there's a lot of people against Gus Malzahn that would probably send him packing. That's very true. It it just made me think uh, when you were talking about that. Even Dabo Sweeney, I feel like it was probably like six or seven games into last season. He his job was questioned. Yeah. Uh, by some of his own Clemson fans. And I'm thinking, look at the him. Look at him. Look what he did to <laughs> Alabama last year. Yeah, for real. <laughs> he had won the whole thing. And yet, halfway through the season, he was on the hot seat from some of his fans. I, I just don't get it. Um, I I personally think he's slightly off the hot seat, but still, it's it's kind of warm. Uh, and, and hey, that's honestly when Gus performs the best. Um, what was it? The LSU game where we won uh, with just field goals from Daniel Carlson. Um, his butt <laughs> was kicks. the hottest like I've ever seen it. And what does he do? I mean, we we beat LSU. <laughs> it was yep. insane um, to and win on the six field goals. In the essence, they're like the loser of that game. The head coach went packing less miles. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was his uh, nail in the coffin. So, yeah. Like it's, it would have been the same for Gus. Yeah, it's just the mantra of college football, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's it's never a sure thing, and that's why these contracts have these huge buyouts, yeah. which makes sense. Uh, yeah. But, man, I, I really feel like Gus will prove himself this year, and I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I, I think he will as well. Um, I, I feel like his confidence is something we haven't seen in a very long time. Um, like, like he put off at the sec media days um all right let's talk about a couple of the guys that did come to uh sec media days with gus uh we had Derek brown uh he's the auburn student athlete advisory committee president uh, so i think that's pretty <laughs> impressive um to have a guy like him and you you go listen to him he is such a well-spoken guy uh and i like some of the questions they asked him because the biggest question in my mind was, why did you come back even though you're probably going to be a first-round draft pick last season? And uh, he was he was pretty much saying, I wanted to get my degree. Um, my dad wanted me to get my degree. Um, and also for him, now that he's a dad, he wants to almost show his son the value of education. Um, and I feel like that's that's really awesome, and I applaud him for that. Uh, not a lot of players uh, will do that, and especially if they're already going to get drafted, they're probably just going to chase the money. And uh, I appreciate Derek Brown uh, coming back. Uh, plus, I mean, there's always unfinished business, especially with uh, the way our season ended last season. Uh, we didn't do what we were expecting to, <laughs> and uh, there were some very hard, hard, very hard losses um, that we had. And I'm sure that left a sour taste. Uh, and Derek Brown, Nick Coe, um, the other guys that were considering leaving. And uh, I feel like once Derek Brown said, I'm coming back, that pretty much sent a message to the other guys that were that he's been shoulder to shoulder with on the defensive line that potentially could have gone to the NFL. And uh, I'm glad he came back. I mean, we're going to see him for another year at Auburn. And, uh, man. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, and like hats off to him for that desire because, you know, my college education at Auburn was somewhere between forty to $60,000, but 
Derek Brown's is going to be worth over $3 million at this point because yeah. of giving up that money from the pros. And, man, the the desire to, to set that uh, standard for his son and, and gosh, come back, which, which I think we were all shocked for this, come back and really be that leader for the team. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it, I, one thing, we better make sure he doesn't get hurt. <laughs> yeah. And two, man, I, I really hope that because of his leadership here, it pays off and he's one of the top five next year. Oh, yeah. Because he, he should be. Yeah. Uh, he, he stays healthy all year long and does what he did last year. My gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. So hopefully it'll pay off for him, too. The investment will pay off. And gosh, I am happy to have him back. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the other guy that came uh, to SEC Media Days, uh, Marlon Davidson. So he he was asked a couple questions about how he graded himself and how he thought he did uh, from this last season uh, because he's he's a force to be reckoned with. Uh, he only had three and a half sacks uh, the whole season, uh, though he said after reviewing tape that he had uh, twelve potential sacks that he just missed um, and. I feel like that's that is showing me he is that close, just that close to actually getting to the quarterback and potentially having I could see up to like a six or seven or eight sack season this coming season and just him to be the monster that the quarterback fears on third down and long <laughs> that Marlon <laughs> Davidson is gonna just eat him up. Yeah. Uh that I'm I'm glad he's coming back as well. Um, he's been uh, at least from from I think the last 30 years he was the very first freshman to start on defensive end for Auburn, uh, and for him now uh, just being developed so well at defensive line uh, and play at such a high standard, I love it. Uh, what do you foresee? our wide receivers doing this this season because now we have Eli Stove, we've got Will Hastings back. Uh we no longer have Ryan Davis, but we do have Seth Williams. Uh we've got so many great guys right behind that are ready to pick up. Uh what what do you how do you see the wide receivers being used this this year, especially now that Gus is under uh under control and now calling play calls? You know, we if we play like we did in the bowl game We'll be airing it out a lot. And with some of the players that you didn't mention, like Matthew Hill and Shedrick Jackson, yeah, that the wide receiver core, for whatever reason, I don't know how this kind of happened, but about two years ago, we started getting just this insane amount of talent with wide receivers. And last year, that really showed as we played so many freshmen at the wide receiver position, even with having a lot of uh, you know juniors and seniors on the team as well. And now with these guys having a year or so under their belt and the amount of talent we were able to bring in this past year as well, wide receiver core is probably the most stacked it's ever been. Like we have so much talent. We could literally air it out everywhere. However, would you, would you say that we have the best wide receiver core that you've ever seen under Gus? Collectively? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In the past, there's been one or two guys, right, that we could depend on. Uh, to catch the ball day in and day out, every play. One guy for sure, one or two, yeah. We'd have different positions that each one would fill. Right now, we have we have three or four that we could depend on on any given play in whatever position we want to run them in to make that snag out of the air. 
And that comes at a time where Gus runs a run first pass yeah. play. So like the the run to open the pass is kind of his mantra, and I don't expect him to get away from that. However, our wide receiver core is as deep as it can go. It's deep and wide, and you know it. It's just so talented. So yeah. and the, and then we've even added on. Uh, there was a guy that we picked up in the over the summer, uh, Zach Farrar. He's a transfer to Auburn. He's immediately eligible to to come play at Auburn, which is fantastic news for us. And he's huge. He's he's six foot four. That's he's a fantastic huge. size. And and when he played at JUCO, he averaged twenty point five yards per catch. That's that, awesome. That guy is going to be a long ball threat, along with Seth Williams, uh, Eli Stowe, Will Hastings, uh, Matthew Hill. We're going to have so many long ball threats. I don't know if Gus is going to have enough plays. No, I'm just kidding. He, he always had enough plays. <laughs> to, yeah, maybe to too many plays. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Did so, we mention Anthony Schwartz too? The fastest man in college football? No, we actually haven't mentioned him. All podcasts. And, right uh, there. Look at him. <laughs> like, it, it, that's, that's, that's saying something, right? We have so much depth at wide receiver that Anthony Schwartz, who is one of the fastest players the fastest player in college, right? At this yeah, time, yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, for sure. Well, I think there's one running back somewhere that may have beat him in some sprint somewhere. Well, I think that's a lie, and I think Anthony <laughs> Schwartz is the fastest, so I'm going to stick with that. And we didn't even mention him in like the top six, seven players we mentioned. But that's how deep these wide receivers are. Yeah, and that's wild, right? Yeah. So the the sky's the limit in kind of Gus's play calling which is weird. So we'll, yeah. we'll have to see kind of how he dials that in, if he utilizes the talent we have there, if he kind of does a Gus Malzahn offense that we've seen in the past. So the all, all that to say, uh, my gosh, if we were running like a, an old Miss of a few years ago type offense, we could kill teams. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the talent that Ole Miss always had at wide receiver, and uh, if we had had that back then, mm, it we have so it now. I know, and that so, makes me excited. I'm excited too, man. Uh, let's shift a little bit to uh, running backs. So some news, maybe controversial. I think it's controversial, uh, but maybe it's just a tip of the hat to Cam Martin. But Cam Martin was uh, announced on the watch list for the Doak Walker Award. And uh, I think that's nice because that's actually the coaches saying, hey, we appreciate you. Uh, but at the same time, I was thinking, was he actually, I feel like he wasn't our primary running back. And I'm, I feel like stats could definitely back me up on that <laughs> from last season. Well, he uh, was the quote unquote starter for whatever reason. For a lot of, a lot of the games. It's and all I get about... it. Like he was, he was the junior guy. Like yeah. he was the more senior guy of the running back court. But no matter how many rainbows you pump up someone's butt, they're still not going to be unicorn if they don't have the talent. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. The talented players, regardless of their time on the team, I, I mean, the one thing, if I had to say anything about Gus, something that I dislike about him, and you know what, this is probably a good coaching thing, so what do I know? But <laughs> his loyalty to the players that have been around longer than those that maybe have more talent is a little frustrating. And, uh, you know, it's probably a great thing that he does that, it, it shows that seniority matters and that if you stick around then you'll be benefited from that however uh cam martin buddy please 
maybe this is your year, man. Please show me wrong. But I've been saying this for three years now, and I just still haven't seen it. So grow your horn, man. Be a unicorn. But <laughs> I don't I don't know. Yeah. I think it's going to be Booby and someone else, the one-two punch. And Cam yeah. Martin is not that other person. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, let's talk very briefly. And, and like we're going to wrap this up in just a minute. Quarterback battle. We, we've mentioned it at this moment in time. Really quick answer. One sentence. Who you have at quarterback at this moment, July 21st, when we're recording this, if tomorrow's game day? One sentence. I'm going to have a semicolon in the middle of it. Uh, here it goes. Joey Gatewood is a Cam Newton lookalike and has been there a little bit longer. However, if you look at Bo Nix and the talent that he showed within his high school years, the back-to-back state championships, the ceiling that he has, I feel it's much higher. And thus, I think he could be the type of player that Clemson has right now. And I would start, I would start Bo Nix. I mean, I, I could see either one. And uh, I, I'm glad Gus, the way he's doing the quarterback battle, he's pretty much saying, we don't need you to be anything super crazy. We just need you to play within the system in a way. I don't know if he said that word for word, but it sure seemed like it because he was saying all the other pieces are there. You just need to play quarterback, do what we tell you to do. We'll build on different things that you can do as you go. But you still have to remember, both of these guys, either one that we pick, isn't they don't they don't have starting quarterback experience in college, and uh, that's something that's going to have to be attained over time. Um, so just keep your expectations uh, kind of simmered, even though both of them are extremely talented, at least for the time. And then as they prove themselves in college raise those expectations uh, that's all i'm going to say about it um if i had to pick i'm going with Bo as well he just seems like the the guy that i could get behind and uh maybe that's just because he's a more vocal leader and i'm drawn to a more vocal leader uh joey is a little bit more lead by example kind of guy um so that's our take on it uh, been anything else about sec media days or anything that we've missed over the the last summer uh, man, this is the last hump, and next we start our fall practice, and then before we know it, it's game time, baby. Game day! Literally, <laughs> game day's coming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, super excited about that. And with that, Ben, do you want to give them your social media so they can stay in contact with you? Sure, you guys can find me anywhere on social media at B-E-N-K-1-N-G, and uh, I looked up that the Very Drunk Hobby is not yet a uh, twitter so it might be by the time this comes out take it take it (laughs) (laughs) and you can find me on twitter as well at a j a y j a y underscore it's always great to be an auburn tiger and war eagle war eagle Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?